Hello, hello everyone. It's a new show today, slightly different. It's since it's the first time we do it in English, so I hope you'll excuse my uh, my English. And uh, we thought there was no reason not to invite uh, English-speaking speakers or any other languages in this program, and it will be translated in French afterward. Afterwards, so don't worry for all the French speakers who don't understand. We don't read English, it will be translated. But now we have the pleasure of welcoming today uh, uh, the immense philosopher and uh, writer, uh, someone I always wanted to interview and to, and to meet. It's uh, the myth and the legend, Tim Freak. Hello, Tim. <laughs> well, Welcome. Quite, a, quite an introduction. <laughs> Welcome to Olam. Olam means the world, the universe, and uh, we are trying to fix it. If there's anything to fix, you'll tell us if there's uh, an evolution through uh, something better or different. It's really an honor to welcome you on, on this show, things um, and accepting of being with us today. Uh, wanted a little bit to have uh, a bit of your vision on, on the current situation and then get to know a little bit more about your approach to life. And I know that life is for you the, the, the center of everything of your spiritual uh, journey. And, and you cover such broad fields and, and such a broad vision of philosophy and spirituality and teaching and sharing and doing satsang and how would you like to be remembered Tim and uh, how would you like to describe yourself today? Oh <clears throat> well I think if, how I'd like to be remembered is uh, is someone who tried to be a good man I think that would be the the, the, the noblest thing I can think of um, Someone who you know, did his best to do his best, and and what the way that I do my best in terms of my what I contribute, I think is to I would now say it's it's to help support our evolution. But it feels to me we're in this enormous evolutionary process. The great idea that's arisen over the last hundred years is that the whole universe is a process it's not a thing it's a process and it's an evolutionary process which is creative and sees the emergence of newness all the time and what i'm trying to do is develop a way of uh, understanding it and a way of engaging with it that can uh, increase our, exp our experience of the depths of this process we're in and i think that's what spirituality mm -hmm. is about and philosophy is about understanding it And I love also the idea, we'll come back to it afterwards, but uh, I love the idea that what you're saying is like, it's not enough just to look at the, the, the ancient wisdoms and spirituality, but maybe there's a way to build a new one and to use a new one in this that follows the evolution. And the evolution of today is different from what happened like 2000, ago, 2000 years ago. And we need to create a new approach of spirituality and philosophy. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. That I, I, I had the chance when I was younger to write a lot of books about all the different spiritual traditions. And I think what was happening at that time was a very postmodern, relativist, eclectic view of everything. And that was very positive because we live in this time, unlike any other, where, you know, my books behind me, you can find 
the scriptures of the world. They're all available. I can get them on my phone right now. This is a whole new phenomena that's happened in our lifetime. And what I was interested in is what are they saying, which is, is there something perennially human in here? And I think there is. I think the experience called awakening comes in every culture of all times. And then it's understood in different ways. And so my feeling after that is we need to enter a period of integration where we go, okay, what does this, how can we frame this for now? Because the great heroes for me of the past were not people who just repeated what had been said before. The, the Bodhidharmas or the Rumis or all those people that I've been touched by, they came in and went, no, let's recreate this for our own time. And if we're living in an evolving universe, that's exactly what we should be doing. And the great challenge for us, which the ancients didn't face, is that we've seen this massive transition from a, a religious, mythic understanding of the universe into a rational, scientific mm-hmm. understanding of the universe. And that's had a you know, that's that's led lots of people to abandon spirituality. But my view is that that's a transition, and what that what we now need is a, a what I, we, we call a trans scientific spirituality, a new spirituality which transcends and includes all of that, but also keeps the essence of what was known in the in the older tr- traditions, so that we can actually integrate all of human understanding into mm-hmm. one understanding. It's interesting because yesterday I was uh, watching a. Um... A documentary on Spinoza and Spinoza, and and, and he, he was this, he was comparing the, the, the his approach to to uh, to everything to life, uh, comparing it to Descartes and and uh, and the the Lumière, the, the century of lights, and which was a big evolution after the the religious approach, and uh, Spinoza was seeing so right already from 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 his from his period, which is the 17th century, yeah. and. And then we had the evolution of science, like you described it in the last 100 years. And now we feel like science is also joining the movement of consciousness and awakening and trying to understand that this may be something different, uh, a new approach, uh, and that the universe is moving forward through something different. Uh, How do you see the, the next step? Of evolution of, uh, of uh... I, I, I was lucky enough to be invited to do a TED talk at, at Berkeley University last year, and I ended that. Uh, I, I outlined a whole evolutionary spirituality in 15 minutes, um, but I ended that with a very kind of bold claim, which I do actually think is right, which is that I think a new understanding is coming, and mm-hmm. when it comes, I think it's going to be as big a transformation as the the scientific revolution was 300 years ago. I think it will absolutely change the way we perceive this thing that that we're in. Um, And what I'm trying to do is is play a a role in bringing in that new understanding and and it will change everything. So let's go, as we're talking about it, let's go deeper inside. What's the change? Okay, so (laughs) I think for me, this this is where I've ended up with it is that the key is this big idea that the universe is a process. 
that everything is evolving. And there's so much evidence for that that I'm convinced. And plus, I can see it around me. It's like I can see the levels of evolution which have led to emergence, the, the, the coming of new things. So, you know, if I look out the garden, there's matter. And then on matter is based life. There's the greenery, there's the life. And then there's me. And I'm experiencing not just life. I'm experiencing this other thing, the psyche which is the latest thing to evolve, which is a non-material experience I'm having of ideas. And that's the domain that spirituality has always been about exploring. The, the word psyche is Greek. It means soul. It's the soul. There it is. I'm so we have this story of the evolutionary process, which has gone from a state where 13.8 billion years ago, the universe was mainly hydrogen, to you and me having this conversation. Uh, and that's an incredible journey. And it's seen the evolution of 10 billion years of the evolution of matter, then the evolution of all these forms of life, and then the evolution of the soul. Now, what the mistakes I think that science make, where I, want to, where I want to push science on, is science goes as far as biology and then stops and goes, oh, yeah, the psyche is some sort of byproduct. The soul is a byproduct of biology. Don't we, forget that. And it's reductionist. So it goes, the real thing is the most basic. So uh, really, this is atomic particles, or that's gone now, so it's quantum possibilities. Mm -hmm. or the, the least, the least, uh, the most basic is the most real. Well, actually, I think what we've got is something completely different. I think the story we have is one of emergence in which everything is real, and the universe is realizing new possibilities all the time. And... You can't reduce the greater to the lesser. So, yes, my body is made of chemicals, but if you had a pile of chemicals on this chair, hopefully it wouldn't be as interesting as having me. There's more to the more emergent. So my basic message is this. The process of evolution didn't stop with biology. It's gone on to the emergence of this whole domain of imaginal information, the psyche or the soul. And that's what spirituality is always about. So with science, I'm going, don't stop. It continues. And then with spirituality, I'm saying the old traditions who didn't understand evolution imagined that it always existed and we'd fallen into matter. It's a myth of the fall, that we've fallen into the trap of matter and that's what we really are and we're already that and we need to get back. Whereas I think that's a mistake. It's a very negative view of the human experience. I think actually we're evolving into it. And those are the two, if, 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 if science would make that transition and spirituality would make that transition, I think we would have one beautiful narrative in which the underlying process of what this is, is the realization of potential on, in ever more emergent ways. And it's happening right now. This moment's mm -hmm. never happened before. This moment's never happened before. It's, that's what this is. Uh, I'm trying to understand more the, 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 the part of the, the spiritual evolution than the scientific evolution. And, and during, during the lockdown, we, we welcomed a lot of guests of uh, uh, people, speakers dealing with non-duality and uh, inviting us to watch what was, was happening at another, just a set of a new film, you know, just nothing more. But uh, and what is your take on, on, on this approach also of non-duality? Because you talked about soul and psyche and, and, and uh, science, but non-duality just tell us, well, we're just coming back to the states that we already are. There's yeah. the conscious, uh, nothing else. And yeah. no matter what evolution is, it's always the same consciousness. 
So and and we see more and more also discussion between scientists and and non-dual personalities. We know the the stand uh, initiatives and and and, uh, and forums like this. How do you see so, it? Yes, I've, I've spoken at Sand since the very first conference. Oh, okay, so uh, and many many times. Um, and when I first started, I was definitely the the black sheep. I was the the person who didn't who didn't fit in. Uh, okay. That's changed now. I think non-duality is changing. Uh, Look, non-duality is a very deep way of understanding the essential oneness of all things. And that's mm -hmm. key. An awakening to that is an experience that changes everything. But it only has half the story. And because okay. of that, I think, uh, you know, if I'm going to be frank with you, I think it's superficial. I think it's, a, it's an easy, glib answer to a very, very much richer thing. And that our individuality, and not just ours, but the individuality of everything, is not irrelevant. It's actually what the evolutionary process has been about. So I would frame it quite differently. Um, and I think I think there's an ugliness to a lot of the, the non-dual ideas. So for me, I would say, look, this whole process has seen the evolution of ever richer forms, objectively and subjectively, becoming more and more conscious. And then what's happening right now, and what I think we can, these every trauma we experience can be part of and this one that we're having with the with the virus as well is a, a new stage of evolution and, and the way that I frame that for myself is is it feels like we're moving from individuals into what I call univigils which mm -hmm. is an individual conscious of unity and I think what's happening is that now the universe has arisen as matter, then life, and then psyche. And then through the, the experience of conscious psyche, we can now actually become conscious that we are the universe. That this is the one thing in relationship to itself. And that's my key difference with non-duality. Non-duality says it's one thing, but it isn't. It's much more than that. It is one thing in relationship with itself. And every individual form is the one thing in relationship to itself in a unique way. And that's what we're experiencing right now. For you and I, we are the, the one in relationships to itself in this particularly emergent way where we experience not just sensation, but also imagination. And through that, we can put the attention on the depth of our being, which is what non-duality is about. It's the positive side of it. At which point you realize, oh my God, I'm the I'm the universe, and that's a very real experience which I teach. That a point you become a individual, but the individual doesn't go anywhere. Of course it doesn't, and that's true of all these non-dual teachers. They're still individuals. And, you know, are, are you are you are you considering that, like for example, like awakening, like what we hear in non-dualism, and just enlightenment is just a, a starting point of something else. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think there is one thing we should be aspiring towards. I think that's the, I think you know there's a danger we just we replaced Western religion by importing Indian religion, and that this we have make a fetish of this idea that well it's it's exactly what I was saying. Science spirituality needs to change. It's all perfect. It was all okay, and we fell into Maya. We fell into the illusion. Now we need to get out of this horrible place, and we can go home. And the way to do that is realize you don't really exist. And the whole thing's a complete waste of time and it doesn't make any difference what's happening. I feel the opposite. I think something profoundly significant is happening. Your individuality is the result of this process. 
and that through the individual is not in the way it's the foundation from which the universe can wake up to itself so that the individual is the foundation from which you go oh i'm the universe at which point in the universe is going on the universe because you are an expression of that one you are the one in relationship with itself so what it does to human life is it goes it's incredibly significant the end of the end of the journey of the individual the evolution of the individual psyche the soul is it just as spirituality is generally taught is absolutely mm -hmm. central it's not some you know silly mistake that you haven't realized and why why you know firstly i just want to say you know this this view that i'm putting forward now is one i'm hearing much 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 more now at things like the science and non-duality conference when I first started, everyone was going, it's just an illusion, the self doesn't really exist, and now it's much more um, nuanced than that. And, and that's and lots of the teachers I know have, have moved, moved quite a distance as well. But the reason originally that the science and non-duality went so well together was they're both reductionist, but in opposite directions. Science wants to go, no, no, it's really just all matter and energy. And your individuality is all an illusion. You know, probably your free will is an illusion. Time may be an illusion. Everything that makes your humanity your humanity is an illusion. Your opinions are just movements in your brain. Your love is just chemicals in your body. That's all illusion. And non-duality does the same in the opposite direction. Somehow, yeah. It goes, it's all just consciousness. It just is what it is. It's just, you know, it's like of no significance. You don't really exist. Your loves and, and fears and your, your, your journey, your, it is all of nothing, really. Um, that, that's an extreme version of it. Actually, most non-dual teachers don't do that anymore. But that's where it can often be seen to lead. It's interesting. It's very interesting. And I think we'll organize a, a panel with you and some of the non-dual uh, people. Uh, yeah, it would be interesting. It would be fun. Um, it's, it's funny because also when I talk to them, I often refer to Orbindo. And yep. uh, they do? What, you, what you're saying. No, I do. Oh, you do? I refer to Orbindo. And what, I think what you're saying is, is, is putting, putting us back to the teachings of Orbindo and the evolution. And, uh, yeah. and the, the, I think it's closer to this. Yeah, definitely. So the, the impact, I mean, the idea of evolution made an immediate impact on spirituality. And there are people who are precursors of what I'm saying. And, and I respect them immensely. I don't necessarily agree with them all the time because it's moved on. But Aurobindo's one. Um, Pierre Thierry de Chardin is one. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Whitehead is one. I mean, there's, there's, you know, this is nothing new under the sun. We're just developing ideas that other people, yeah. I am certainly. And uh, often I don't know that I'm doing that, which is interesting. I find out later that I'm doing that. Um, but of course, people have people have been exploring, and it's it's also funny because they all lead to the same to the same things, you know, all the wisdoms and teachings, and and uh, they're reaching the same conclusion somehow that we all get to the same point. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, obviously they also don't because that's where we where we're trying at to the work end, at the, the best. end. Yeah, Can't, well, it depends who you're, you're including the, the evolutionary. F the evolutionary picture has a very different endpoint to the non-dual. Okay. Mm -hmm. The, the non-dual is just like, you know, gone. You know, it's yeah, like, nothing, it. there's nothing, there's nothing left. Um, no. there's, and whereas the evolutionary picture is like, no, this is significant. You are significant. Your journey is significant. And the biggest thing for me, and, and, 
and obviously I'm characterizing the non-dual. I mean, the people have got. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure they're saying we're not significant, and and life is just a, just a understanding that the we are, we are moving to life through filters, and 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 that uh, the I manifestation think the question is, is that, the beautiful I think thing. It's about pushing towards well, what is the significance then, and and that's um, yeah. and the, and that's the question I always want to engage with. And if people, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I. The actual idea of non-duality is absolutely mm. central to me. Mm-hmm. There, there's, it seems impossible and almost obvious. It's like, look, how could this not be one thing? And the the evolutionary picture I'm playing with, you know, it all comes from one, the singularity, uh, in terms of like the the current story we have. So, this we it's one universe, but it's also not. It's also individualized, and that's what makes it so rich. And and that's the and it's honouring both of those, not either of them. So you can get stuck in your separateness, and that's an awful place to be. But the solution isn't to just get the oneness. That's why the individual, I think, is the way forward. The individual conscious so of unity. Let's 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 just come back one second on, on the individual, because first of all, I I love the name, the term, and I I remember watching a video of you. I think it was when you were sixty. For your 60th birthday, walking in the nature, doing a selfie video, and you were a little bit uh, going through a personal crisis somehow. And I believe that's when you launched the individualism concept at this time. Can you tell us a little bit more about this this period and this switch and this uh, this decision? I can't because I can't quite remember which video <laughs> okay. you're talking about, but I can tell you certainly. I, I, I think because, and also because, honestly, Alan, my process mm-hmm. and is is one. It it just feels like since I first started, when I was a kid, it's just been, <laughs> and now it's going more than ever, which is a constant of constant change. So, I'm constantly revising the way it looks to me. It feels okay. like that. I mean, why? I want to do that. I mean, I'm about to do a video taking to bits one of my previous books and explaining why I have changed my mind. And it's one of my best books, but I think I was wrong. I was wrong because it was, whilst it was not this this kind of caricature of non-duality we've been discussing, it was, mm-hmm. I had come from non-duality at that time and it was mm-hmm. still too much in there. I didn't understand enough. So for me, it has been a process of in- evolution. So you'll find lots of moments where I'm going, hang on, I think, I think this is better. This is a deeper understanding. But the thing which stays the same, and I just want to introduce this because it can sound so like we're just playing with ideas, which we're not, is is the key thing is that it changes your experience of life. And the depth of what I call being deep awake is what it's really about. And the essence of that for me, and it always has been, is love. That there's a profound connectivity. And that connectivity is the relationship. That's why the one in relationship to itself. So when I, when Tim is in relationship with other and the, the oneness of everything or the individuation of everything from this place of non-duality, that's love. And for me, that is the, the, the real key that what we're moving to is this greater embrace, which is not just a, mm, it's a felt, it's a, it's a complete thing. Um, and that's that's essential. The philosophy serves the experience; it's practical, and and leads to the deep awake and to the to what I call the big love. 
so these are terms you, you deep awake you, you I remember when I first read you you were talking about this deep awake and I think that's also the the workshops you you were sharing uh -huh. and doing uh, I want to understand a bit more what you call the deep awake first and and, and then my last question was about trying to understand more the individuals concept you said you said the next great evolutionary jump is from individuals into individuals who are yeah. conscious of being one with the universe that's what i'm trying to understand more okay but first just the deep awake i remember so, so the, uh, the two are linked the two the, the two, two are linked yeah okay. yeah so um, i i had my first spiritual awakening when i was very young i was 12 years old and something happened and there was a I felt immersed in this enormous love and this sense of communion or oneness. That sent me off on a journey in which I discovered that, I mean, I was just sitting on a hill. I discovered that lots and lots of human beings had had that throughout history and I ended up studying and, and writing lots of books, and, but primarily exploring experientially. How do, you, how do you experience that? This enlightenment, this awakening, this gnosis, this knowing. And eventually I settled on the term deep awake for it because it described how it felt to me, which was, it was like being awake, but I was aware of the, the enormous depths to existence, which when I'm more superficially awake, I don't see. And so it was like a, each experience, if I had to describe it, this is the best description of the experience. <laughs> like that, it's like, whoa. And um, so I've been exploring how, how and, and also how can I introduce others to it? And I think I have some sort of, It seems to be one of the things that Tim can do is that I can introduce other people to it. It's one of the things I've always done since mm -hmm. I was a kid. Um, so that's what I mean by the deep awake. Now, as a description of what's happening with that process, and is I think that's what the individuation is, that we become conscious of the depths where there's, there's a universality to being. In, in the universe, everything has well, the Zen tradition. They talk about isness. Everything, everything is one beingness arising in all of these, evolving into all these different forms, and and that includes Tim and you and all of us. And so when you see that profoundly, and that's what happens in the deep awake state, there is this communion with everything, even if you don't understand it intellectually. That and that's an ongoing process. But the, the experiential side is there's a profound sense of communion, and that's felt as this as love. Uh, that's one of the words for it. There's lots of words, but I like that word. There's a there's a there's a deep, profound connectedness. So the deep awake is when we step out of the confines of where we've what we've been able to see before and see things in a deeper way, and it's leading to us recognizing the the, the oneness, the non-duality, but not instead but through the individuality. And then it doesn't deny it, mm -hmm. it actually enhances it. And you start to become a servant of love. You start to become someone who is living from uh, increasingly a recognition that you are not just this individual skin bag, as Alan Watts used to say. You're, mm -hmm. you're, 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 you are the whole universe arising. So right now, the whole universe arising as Tim is meeting the whole universe arising as Alan, and we're connecting. So with the with the with the retreats, um, what I I you know I, I share ideas. We do lots of processes. But the key thing I do now, and and I've just just someone's just made a beautiful film of this, which will be available soon. Which is just so moving to watch. Is for the last 20 years, what I've done is gone. Oh, let's. What happens then if we connect with each other, it, rather than meditating on our own, which is great, 
we actually profoundly connect. So I will get people um, connecting in lots of ways, but the simplest way to understand is through gazing. Um, and when I started it 20 years ago, this was a pretty weird thing for nearly everybody. No, now it's not. And I'll get people connecting in a beautiful environment with person after person after person when we're ready, you know, when we've all relaxed in and we're, we're ready to go. Um, and then, and what happens when, when you do that is you just sit, you start becoming deep awake because you realize what you're looking at with your eyes is a, is a face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What you're connecting with though is a soul, is a psyche, something you can't see. You're connecting with this other imaginal realm of emergence. And then if you look really deeply, and this just happens suddenly for most people, you realize, oh, the universe is looking at itself. It's the one in relationship to itself. And there's this visceral love. Um, it's very, very profoundly transformative. Mm -hmm. And what you've done is just pay attention to each other. You've just really connected. It's, it's, uh, it's also beautiful because it's also, you know, like understanding that the, the beauty of all the spirituality and the, the, is through the incarnation and through the, the, the person itself. And, and that's the beauty of it. It's, it's just not yeah. like a separate thing, you know, and, and it's like it, all the value of it is through the person and, and yeah. the, char the character that we often use to, to set aside and, and, and try to avoid is actually the beautiful interface, the interface like a, a true life. You know, that's, that's, that's a concept I like. Uh, and yeah, yeah, it's a, and, and exactly when, when you, when you feel some kind of awakening or even if it's a glimpse of awakening, it manifests itself through love, you know, through something, you know, like a similar to love to, to a real deep feeling. And this is a, this is beautiful, beautifully said. Uh, Tim, I want to come back. I wanted to start with it, but now I want to come back on the the lockdown situation and the coronavirus. That's the reason we had at first. We thought that we thought that's the reason. Um, um, during the lockdown, a lot of things have been said, written, shared on the social networks, especially in the spiritual world and market as a some kind of spiritual temptation to see something you know like a mystical science from from universe from god uh we didn't talk about god yet we have to talk about the word god and the word oh, yeah let's do that yeah, you know, that, let's that do that and, then, and the word divine because it's too scary to use word god uh so i was saying a lot of things have been said and it's been difficult you know to 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 choose between all the, the information and the fake news and things. But let's concentrate just a second on the spiritual words with all these initiatives and, and the world is evolving and the cancer and the consciousness is rising and suddenly the corona is a sign. How do you, what's your take on this? How, do you, how did you feel? How do you still feel about it? Uh, I was appalled by the reaction of the spiritual community when it first happened and, and went out and tried to make a video just saying why. Um, and that's because when it first happened, what I heard was a lot of knee-jerk reactions, uh, not not a moment of just going, "Oh, what's happening here," and also not an appreciation of the suffering. So, I uh, these videos I was coming across are being sent, saying, "You know, this is a message from Mother Earth. Um, you know, this is a this is a good thing." And my feeling was, "Look, whoa, hang on a second. There are human beings in 
immense suffering right now. And, and what it reminded me of, those things, it reminded me of what I witnessed with the AIDS ec epidemic um, when I was younger from the fundamentalist community. So the, the Christian fundamentalist community, some of them were coming, oh, this is a message from God. Um, mm -hmm. This is, uh, you know, we've behaved badly and God is putting us right. And what I was hearing from the alternative spiritual community was the same, except it was a message from the mother. Uh, we've been treating her badly, uh, completely crazy uh, notions about, you know, for me, like, you know, well, the, the this is a great example i think the 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 amazon is the lungs of the earth and we've been destroying the amazon therefore she is now attacking our lungs and that's karma and actually of course the amazon isn't the lungs of the earth it doesn't produce oxygen and they just need to find out the more facts about that but it's a common meme that's in the rounds so my overall feeling is what it's shown us is like always it's shown us the where we're at and where we're at is there's an the, the good news is that I feel like there's a lot of goodwill. Yes. Um, there's an awful lot of we can learn a lot from this. And everything that happens is an opportunity to evolve. Everything. Of course it is. And there will be good things inside bad things. It doesn't mean they're not bad things, though. You know, that just means there's good things in them because everything, you know, is, is, is paradoxical. They come together. So we don't have to go, it's good and dismiss the suffering we can go no this is really hard and it could and we, we don't know we don't know yet know what it's going to look like are we going to come out to utopia or we're going to come out to dystopia or some combination of the two how do we respond what we do know is everything's being destabilized so this is a moment where we have to face the dangers of chaos and the opportunities of chaos and the danger is that it makes things worse and the opportunities we can make it better and so we need to be very clear we need to be brave we need to find the deepest wisdom. But these knee-jerk reactions will not lead us to wisdom. Conspiracy theories will not lead us mm -hmm. to wisdom. We need to be really rooted in the deepest understanding. So the, the evolutionary understanding goes, look, this is a virus. It happens on the biological level. Uh, you know, uh, that's as far as we know right now. That's what it is, and that's what it's doing. And we need to cope with it on that level. And... We know that life is a meaningful, meaningful process because it's a risen a psyche, which is full of meaning. So then we've had the challenge of what meaning do we bring to this? And I think we can bring deep meaning because we can see that it can increase our compassion. It can, it's concentrating the mind on what really matters. It's challenging us to understand our relationship ecologically with the planet, that we're part of the ecology rather than some separate thing and all of those issues so uh, uh, that's that's the approach that i've been taking and yeah um, yeah and also there is this um this difficulty during the situation to cope with the external uh inputs of news and all kind of news and uh, yeah. and and the opportunity to go back inside ourselves and try to take this period for certain people who had the opportunity most some people were on the field fighting for us or suffering and some people like us more in better conditions were able to take this time off like uh, like some kind of retreat imposed yeah. retreat yeah. but still we were confronted with like external uh news and stuff so that was very i think challenging for a lot of people to uh, to find the right balance between uh conspiracy news and and uh, going back within yourself and um 
I think once again, it's what we'll do with it, you know, and oh, we, we, so, so the situation. Me, when, yeah. when I, you know, when I said earlier about look, what we need is a trans scientific or a trans rational spirituality, mm-hmm. that's what I mean. It feels like, look, the scientific revolution came in and increased our understanding of the universe beyond measure. The mere fact that we can talk in different countries, everything, but everything. <laughs> that is allowing all of this is because of that scientific revolution. It cannot be underestimated. And the other thing it did, which which often gets missed out, is it brought a new level of compassion. And because the old religious views are not very compassionate, really. That's interesting, yeah. Because, because, you know, if bad things happen to you and everything's in control of God, then God wants bad things to happen to you. And so you must have done something wrong. And that's the prevalent idea. And karma, the same. Uh, why, why is your baby born with one leg? Well, you did something wrong in a past life, or the baby did, or you both mm-hmm. did. That, that, that bad things happen because you're being punished. And that's the same thing that came up with the AIDS and then came up again with the coronavirus. And you know, my uncle, who's in his 90s, told me just the other day on the phone the coronavirus was a punishment for gay marriage. You know, it's like, you know, it's still, you know, that's, that's, that, that's that way of seeing the world. And... What science did, it came in and went, no, it's just unfortunate. Let's try and get rid of that suffering. And that was a, I mean, what a jump step forward that you were saying to people, no, it's not your fault that you've got this problem, that you're deformed or you're, you're, you're ill or you're, an earthquake's happened to you. It, let's, let's try and help you. And let's try and stop these things happening to people in the future. Massive step forward. The limitations are the reductionism and, and the determinism and this, the philosophy which has become associated with it. What we need now is to take all that rationality, which is really just having good reasons, the ability to think clearly. And that's not, thinking's got a bad press in spirituality because it's seen as reductionist and limiting. Yeah. And the mind itself, you go to Indian philosophy, the mind can be often seen as a, just a bad thing because what you want is the silence, the nothing. The mind isn't a bad thing. The mind's a, a miracle. And what we need to do is use it well, because you can use it badly. Uh, and, and to use it well is what reason or being reasonable is. And that's mm-hmm. not about agreeing with anyone else's philosophy. It's simply about having good reasons for things, questioning, doubt. That what, what science brought in was doubt, Descartes, doubt everything. You know, it's like that was a new thing. Previously, in traditional cultures, you don't doubt and there's a good reason for that. You don't doubt in traditional cultures because you're not going to live long. And the most important thing is maintaining any wisdom that's been gained. So just repeat it. But for us, now it's different. So what I'm trying to say with all of this is we need we need a rational spirituality, not in this kind of narrow way that it's seen. It's a beautiful thing, which leads I'm, to I'm, love. I've got so many things that come... <laughs> to my mind while you're talking that I'm trying to write down but it's interesting because uh, uh yeah that's like we discussed before we had the the reason revolution uh, that changed the, the that come us come uh get us out of the religion uh, uh times and uh, now we have the science and while I was listening to you I was I was wondering if the 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 next evolution is not about also you you started the, the the point like this but with compassion and love and and finally maybe we, we are living in a world which is uh despite all the common thoughts and and and, and beliefs 
which is neither today than it used to be, and and with more compassion, more love than than we think it is. Yeah, I think that's so important. It's very interesting. Human beings always think things are worse than they are, and it's, I think it's just a way that we're programmed because. You know, it's like the one thing you need to know is what's dangerous. I'm not conscious of all the things in this room which can't hurt me, but if there's one thing that can, my attention needs to go there. And we do that with the news. And like you said, you get all this news, and so you're noticing they are they want to collect all the bits that are dangerous. We know. So we end up with this very negative view. But actually, the world has gone forward. I mean, we, we just the mere fact that, you know, here, here are you and I, um, an Englishman who's never been to war in Europe, a Frenchman, I presume, who's never been to war in Europe. This is untold. That's incredible in history, Un unthinkable. And we take it for granted. Um, there's so much more compassion. We care, not, huge numbers of people care about human beings on the other side of the world who are in distress they'll never meet. That's, that's not happened before. Um, before it was like, well, they were the other. In fact, your neighbors. I mean, the mere fact that French and English spent most of history killing each other. Fighting. But I, I hope, you know, it's unthinkable now. These are, these are massive, massive jumps forward. Uh, compassion for animal species. Why should a human being care about a tiger who would rip it to shreds or a polar bear? But we mm. do. These are, and it's all coming from this growth of, of an, a sense of connectedness and oneness. And it's still a long it, way to go, but it's, it's huge. It, it's coming from a sense of connectiveness and also maybe because of a sense of emergency on the on the situation of the the, the planet somehow and yeah. I feel like there's an evolution of of compassion and of caring exactly like you said we care so much now about the things we eat the things we, we the consummation we hundred years ago nobody would care about this you know and, and the animals and the ecology but also because of a sense of emergency somehow because we feel we we we're losing control on 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 some aspects um tim before we we conclude i want to uh Yes, the, the word God and the word God. divine is not... We, we, we'll make a four-hour uh, show on this next time, but uh, just a, a quick uh, take on, on, on the... When you, when you do receive people, philosophers and, and, and uh, spiritual teachers, the word God is somehow forbidden today, and we talk about divine, uh, the divine within yourself, or, or the consciousness, but word is a, God is a scary word. Yeah, and people increasingly use just the word the universe. Oh, the universe. Oh, universe, the universe, yeah. The universe yeah, yeah. is telling me this. It's yeah. just God. It's just <laughs> called the universe. Um, yeah, God is a difficult word for people. I, I had an experience a few years back now. Where, when I first had when my first awakening for my first period, I, I'd grown up in a kind of a Christian culture. You know, I, I went to church when I was younger. I almost became a friar when in my early 20s. Um, so I had that kind of context. So when I was my first, very first awakening experiences, I saw them as as an experience of God. And then I got very influenced by Eastern philosophy, non-duality, and I saw it. God left the picture. And then more recently, God has really come back in. So I'm happy with the word, but I understand when people aren't. And the reason is I do not use that word to mean a big personality in the sky who's running the show and mm -hmm. created the universe. So not that mythic anthropomorphic pomorphic God. But here's the big idea. I'm so pleased we've let, ended up with God. So whatever word you use for it, a transcendent spirit, let's call it, whatever you, whatever you want to call it, being. The, the real underlying big idea for me 
is that this evolutionary process is not coming from God, it's going to God. Mm -hmm. So the, the whole problem that most rational people have with the idea of God is you put God at the beginning of the process, even if he created evolution. He's a bit of a, he's not very good God, is he? Because it's been pretty chaotic. You know, five extinctions, <laughs> mass extinctions, 150 million years of dinosaurs. La laborious. Yes. Yeah, it's a bit nuts, isn't it? The whole <laughs> thing. So it all makes a lot of sense without God. And yet, I experience God. I experience something greater than me, which I am a part of, which is a being of love, this enormous, enormous love. And what I am playing with, which is, makes with working for me, is that the, the universe is flowering, if you will, into God. A bit like, you know, Tim started as an egg and a sperm and flowered into this conscious being. And that the universe is 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 doing something comparable, that it's that that, that what you can see over these thirteen point eight billion years is that it the more emergent comes last, not first. It doesn't start with life and soul. It starts with hydrogen, and it develops up to the more emergent until you reach soul. And that what's happening as we individuate, as we come into oneness with the universe we are becoming parts of something greater than ourselves in a communion of souls we are creating something greater than ourselves which you could use the term god for the the, the, the next the, the the latest evolutionary uh, emergence is this um conscious oneness so the universe has gone from a state of unconscious oneness through conscious separateness to this burgeoning conscious oneness which is flowering and that mm. why our individuality matters is because we are part of the process through which that's happening. So we are, in a sense, giving birth to God through our own awakening. This is this is very 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 interesting. And can we can we also uh, think that there's underlying idea that there is about all this evolution some kind of intention? Um, I think the it it's. I think we have to be careful with that. I think it's it's possible. This I think I can see it both ways. I think it all that I think that question really depends on is this the first universe, and the probability is it's mm -hmm. not, um, because if it's not the first universe, then it's probably doing what everything in the universe does, which it's it's repeats the patterns of the past in a new way, just like Tim's body has repeated the patterns of past bodies, but in a new way. And it's a new emergence, and that the, the this universe is repeating patterns. So in that way, it might have a direction it wants to go in, like Tim's body had a direction it wanted to go in to become this, because it was repeating patterns of the past. But essentially, I think the deep, the, the more metaphysical answer is that the purpose of this, if you will, the purpose, the purpose of existence, is actually built into what existence is, because. If what if this process we're in is the realization of potentiality on ever in ever more emergent ways, that's what it, it that's 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 its purpose, and it's also what it is. Since the since the moment zero for our universe, the, the so-called Big Bang, which wasn't big and wasn't a bang, but never mind. The the that that beginning, it's gone from the very simplest form of information all the way to here, and it's now continuing. And in that process, it has constantly 
emerged in new ways. So this is the process of realizing potentiality in ever more emergent ways. And then there's you and me, what's our purpose? Well, to realize our potentiality in ever more mm. emergent ways. And if I'm right in what I'm saying about God, the most emergent way that we can realize our potentiality is becoming one in God, because that's the most emergent potential. What's the most emergent thing that could arise? The universe conscious of itself. And that's what I think is happening. Wow. <laughs> so I think we will stop here because uh, first there's nothing to add. <laughs> and uh, Tim, I want to thank you very much for uh, for giving us a little bit like in, in short time, but uh, so much so deep content in, in so in so little time. And maybe we'll get an opportunity to uh, to do more and to go on and to uh, do more chapters. So thank you. Thank you for being with us. Uh, the, the video will be uh, in uh, on YouTube channel, on Facebook, in English and in French next week. So all the people can share this. And uh, I want to thank the people who watched uh, the live today, a few people, but there will be more in replay, I'm sure, when once we try to, we try to uh, market it and promote it. Uh, thank you so much. That was so rich. I, I could continue ours and we'll, we'll, we'll do uh, another show. Thank you for being with us, Tim. It's, it's been a real pleasure. Can I just say, that if, if anyone watching this, um, especially yes. the English speakers, is, is interested in exploring these ideas further with me, I have an online community called the International Community of Unividuals, which is literally quite small, but spread out around the world. It's a beautiful little thing. And if they check out my website, they can find out how to engage with that. Um, because the most important thing is that we can come together. I think the days of it being top down, you know, there's the master, he's enlightened and everyone, all that's gone. It's now mm -hmm. about us coming together and working it out together. And that's why it's been so lovely to talk to you today. It's, it's, it's the end of the go. The time of the go is over. And, uh, we, we, yeah, it, it's, it's, uh, important that you, uh, recall this. We, we also put the links on the, on the chat. It will Thank be you. on the page for the community, for your website. And uh, yes, join, join and visit the, the website for team. And hopefully we'll organize an event in France uh, when things are, are getting better and you can come and meet and uh, discuss in uh, real with the team. Thank you all. Thank you, team. See you soon.